never lose sight of if he never done another thing for me. There's hard days. You face hard things. But if he never done another thing for me or never does another thing for me, life's worth the living because he lives. Church, do we still believe that? The sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed. It's, we used to sing an old song, it, it will be worth it all. I don't care what you've been through, how bad you've had it. Some people seem to live charmed lives. By the way, that's just a lie that you're getting to see from the outside. Nobody's living a charmed life. We all got struggles. We all got troubles. He helps us through. He leads his children along, certainly. Some people's are harder than others, but, I, but if you're his, it's going to be worth it. James chapter 1, we're going to begin in verse 12 tonight. Y'all know usually I've crammed and don't have anything on a notepad anywhere most of the time because that's how my scary brain works. But tonight I've got two sticky notes, so that's good for about three hours. So, just wanted to comfort you. <laughs> James chapter 12, or chapter 1, there's James chapter 1, verse 12. We're going to begin to look tonight, uh, you know, in the weeks leading up to, of course, is count it all joy when you fall into various trials. For the trying of your faith produces patience, and when patience has her perfect work, He's going to shift gears a little bit here. He's going to do about a verse talking. He, King James in particular uses the same word for two different meanings right here in the middle of, of James chapter 1. And we're going to look at it as quick as we can. Who knows how. Uh, we got people moving down here from, from up north. And she said the other day, she said, maybe we'll be there by the time you're out of James. I thought, it's going to take you a year and a half to move to Texas? For goodness sake. <laughs> I mean, you know, we're not in a hurry to teach a book. James chapter 1, verse 12 said, Blessed is the man. Blessed means happy. Blessed is the man that endures temptation. Hmm. That word temptation in this particular instance means testing. When you're, when you're tested, when your faith is tested, it's still in the same vein that we've been in for the last few weeks. God, James writes here under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that blessed, happy is the man who endures temptation. Huh. I'm challenged already. How I many of you have ever been stretched as far as you can stretch and you thought, man, I'm a blessed man. <laughs> not me. I'm not thinking about the blessing when I'm stretched out, about to break. But the word says, blessed, blessed is the man who endures temptation, the testing. 
For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life. Look that one up. The, the, the original language is literally, for when he is tried, he shall receive the victor's crown. Whew. Now you're talking. That was a great song a few years ago. I don't know why we don't sing that. You know, every high thing must come down. Every stronghold shall be broken. Yeah. You wear the victor's crown. Yeah. You will overcome. Yeah. <laughs> Blessed is he which endures temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to them that love them, love him. Now he's going to shift gears. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. So he's went from temptation, that being blessed, the temptation, the testing, and now he's, he's talking about tempted in the way that you think of temptation. I mean, he's ever been tempted. Today. Ah, you're killing me. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempts he any man. But every man is tempted. How many men? Every man. Lest we forget. Man, y'all know that political correctness just makes life hard. Makes things take twice as long. Because every week, I, 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 you know, I know that most of us here know when the Bible says that, when, that don't let any man think he's tempted of God. That all of us know that, it, that it's mankind, but we live in a crazy, stupid world that you have to explain that the women are not left out here. So all you women, you've been tempted too. Some of you is tempted to hit me right now. <laughs> Thanks, security. <laughs> but, let, but every man, when he is tempted, when he's drunk, it says that, that, that God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempts he any man, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Let me read that again. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away by his own lust. That word lust there, English words, when we think lust, we kind of think salivating over inappropriate things. Sexual attraction. That can be lust, certainly. But lust literally means by their own strong desire. I, I think it would even be fair to use compulsions. Every man is tempted when he is drawn away by his own strong desires, his own proclivities, his own and enticed. Oh, there's something interesting here, man. You could teach 67 different ways on verse 15. I wish we had done midnight. Verse 15. 
And when his lust, strong desire, has conceived. James is using imagery here. He wants you to understand it. And I find it simply amazing that he started at conception. And when, he, and when lust was conceived, it brings forth sin. See, see let me help somebody on, on James chapter 1, 15 in this context and a thousand others. When something is conceived, something is brought forth. Hmm. Then when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, that means finished, it means when it is full grown. Oh, so we have a conception. We have something being birthed, brought forth. We have something being full grown. And it, death. We have the whole life cycle in one verse. Well, I'm telling you, I could stay there till midnight. Then when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. Do not err, my beloved brothers. That do not err literally means do not be deceived. My beloved brothers. For every good gift, every perfect gift is from above. And when it comes down from the Father and lights in whom there is no fickleness neither shadow of turning that's an interesting word hmm. King James that's a American King James I think that's on the screen King James would say there is no variableness it literally means fickle how many of you know what fickle is Hello, let, me, let me see God's not fickle. Anybody ever met a fickle person? Hello? Did you like them? Yeah. Doesn't fickleness get on your nerves? Yes? Gets on mine. You can't, by the way, why would, you can't count on a fickle person. By definition. Every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. What is the Father of lights? The one that spoke it into existence, the one that hung the heavenly bodies in their place. The one, the one of the, the God of creation, the one that hung the star, that threw the stars into space and told them where to land and they stayed there. The one that put an earth on its axis that caused it to turn around day and night, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 and a quarter days a year, and make a trip around the sun like clockwork. The Father of lights in whom there is no variableness, neither is a shadow of turning. What is that? God is so light, he can't even cast a shadow. We're going to have to stop at 17 because you know we're never going to get any. We're never going to get anywhere close to that. But we needed. But we needed to to get it set in 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 its context so we can pick it up and say, "Blessed is the man who in, who endures temptation." There is something to endure, testing, 
For when he has been tried, he shall receive the victor's crown or the crown of life that the Lord has promised to them that love him. We spent the last three or four weeks, I don't know, on the testing of God. And sometimes the testing, well, in fact, not only sometimes, but most of the time, if not all of the time, you don't understand the test, but you benefit from the test. Hello? Hey, Wednesday night crowd, wake up. And while, here's the thing you've got to understand about the testing. Because he's explaining himself that God doesn't do anything bad, ever. But in his providence, in his, in his, in his foreknowledge, in his, in, his, in his divine design, in the providence of his sovereignty, he knows what we have need of. And while the occasion might be of God, the temptation, the testing... How about the temptation, even the temptation to sin that you overcome, stay with me, because that's what he shifts into. He says that when a man is tempted, it's, it's not of God, it's, it's out of his own lust, it's out of his own heart, it's out of his own situation. So there's some, some things we need to talk about real quick. First of all, you need to understand numero uno is temptation is not a sin. Jesus was tempted. Immediately after his baptism, he was led into the wilderness by the Spirit of God to be tempted of the enemy. It's not a sin to be tempted. And every one of us, because of the fallen nature of man, the sin nature of man, we all have things that are innate to us. To hit us with. I got to get on down here. Y'all are too far away. When y'all are too far away, you're sleepy. <laughs> and the temptation to sin, that while the occasion might be of God to use the situation by his order and his providence, his spiritual timing, what he knows you need, the inclination is not from him. You're not hearing me. Talking about to sin. He may use the occasion of your bad situation to, to teach you something. Hello? Why? Because he doesn't waste anything. My pastor from back home, if there's one thing I ever learned from him, I've, I learned more than one thing, but this is a good one. It's, it's because how many of you have been in situations that you, that you just cannot understand it? You, 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 especially when somebody attacks you with a disappointing situation, maybe a betrayal, maybe somebody double-crossed you, whatever it is. Somebody's rocked your world. I've been there. And he would say, what we all need to realize is, is ain't nobody getting away with nothing. God keeps great records. If they get it under the blood, it'll be washed clean. If they don't, it, we'll give an account for all of it. There ain't nobody getting away with nothing. But the inclination, see, while it's not, it is not, it is not a sin to be tempted Temptation definitely comes from sin nature. Okay. 
in us. I need to say that a different way. Somebody help me say it a different way. Because you can't, I, I actually, so here, here, here J.R. say something, look at me. This is, you've never heard me say it. Oh, that was wrong, what I just said. That was wrong. Because Jesus Christ was tempted of the devil, but he had no sin nature. So that cannot be correct. The temptation comes from the enemy, but he tempts the fallen man based on his own proclivities, his own desires, his own, his own lust. That's the better way to say it. Okay? You with me? How does he know that? We can, we, can, we, can, we, can just, we can just be as slow as we want to be tonight, kind of like we were at the end of last week, and, and, and just get a hold of some things, because this is some, some important stuff. This is what it would be important to know. How, it says that we're led away, we're led astray, we're tempted. He comes at us according to our own lust, our own strong desires. The, uh, it's not, it's, it wasn't the devil that made you do it. Here's you. How does he know? How does the enemy of your soul know your strong desires? How does he know your lust? Because he is not omni anything, he's not all knowing, he's not all powerful, he's not everywhere. He's not omnipresent. He's not, he's not, we see, we tend to think of him opposite, equal and opposite to God, and he is none of the above. He can't read your mind. I just answered your question, by the way. And all everything I just said, if you think about what I just said, we, how does he know? We tell him. We demonstrate it. We show him. Even without, even without opening your mouth. He's not a mind reader. That's why I love Wednesday nights. Because we can just take, if it takes us two years to teach a book, we just teach a book for two years. Because in the meantime, you have a church that's built on the solid rock of the Word of God that knows how the, how the Word operates and knows how warfare works, that knows the character of God, that knows the plan of the enemy. Why do we need to know the plan of the enemy? Any, uh, any uh, person that builds strategy will know that the most important... The, 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 if it, why, <laughs> why, why would the patriots need somebody else's playbook? Did I say that? Why, 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 does, why, does the, why does the play caller on the side of the field when they're on TV and their headset, why do, they, why do they cover up their mouth? Because if you know the playbook, yeah, So it's important to know how this enemy works. 
And, and James is literally explaining to you right now how, how, how he plots your downfall and how he causes it to work in your life. And see, so we have his plan and we have God's answer. God didn't tempt you and the devil didn't make you do it. And he, didn't, and he comes at you with stuff that works on you because he's figured you out. Because you've showed him. You've told him. You've demonstrated it. Sometimes you didn't fly out. Say, hey, devil, this is what gets to me. Come after me. Oh, I can talk in terms of ways we know. Said so if you got a problem, if you got a problem, if you got a problem with sexual lust, I'm just this is a demonstration. The, talking to the to the to the, the enemy, seeing how to get after you. Since, since this is my bride, we're going to use her for the demonstration. Sometimes, when it, sometimes it could be just, are you listening? Yes, you are. You know, uh, you know what it could be that, that for him to know what to, what to come after you at? It could be just the second look. It could be just the, when you, maybe you're, you're, you're web surfing and something comes up that you really wasn't looking for and you go, <gasps> but then you go, second look. How would, he, how would he know where to hit you? Without saying a word, you just told him. Maybe it's the $100 bill. We talk about the $100 bill that the lady dropped at the grocery store. We talk about the $100 bill a lot. Maybe it's, maybe it's just the five seconds you went ahead and slid it in your pocket while you stood there and thought. Are y'all following me? Back up. No, forward, forward. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God or of evil. Cannot be tempted, even neither tempts any man. For every man is tempted, he is drawn away by his own lusts and enticed. For when lust is conceived, oh, there's the conception. It brings forth something, something's born. And sin, that's when it is finished, when it's full grown, when it's matured, it brings forth death. It's not talking about the death that puts you in the ground. Death that puts you in the ground came forth from sin, from the original sin, from the fall. That's when death entered the earth. It was the first pronouncement of the curse. And it's the last enemy defeated. Physical death. This is talking about spiritual death. Oh, this is where I was afraid I'd get to. Y'all, I'm just going to teach the Bible. And whatever your background is, you're just going to have to argue with the Bible. Okay? You can argue with your denomination. You can argue, you can argue with anything you want to, but I'm just going to read the Bible to you Amen. and let the chips fall where they may. Because when sin is conceived, it brings forth, for when lust is conceived, it brings forth sin. And when sin, when it is finished, when it is full grown, it brings forth death, spiritual death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Oh. Some, I, I saw three people get it without ever saying a word. I'm going to read it again and see if three more get it. Back up. 
When lust is conceived, it brings forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, when it is fully grown, it brings forth spiritual death. By the way, I want to, the, the, the question would be, how does it bring forth death? How does it bring forth spiritual death if there was never life? How does something, how does something that was already dead die? How, how does something that's already dead die? It's not talking about physical death. It's talking about spiritual death. So how does something that's already dead die? It has to be alive. And even if that doesn't convince you, read verse 16, because it's important. Do not err. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. I got a question for you. See, I, I sat down just a minute because it just messes with people. And people want to argue doctrine. And people want to argue denominational teaching. Whenever I, I'm telling you, as sure as I am sitting here, you can believe me or not believe me. You can like it or don't like it. You can think that I'm full of it or whatever you can think. But I couldn't care less about that stuff anymore. Sometimes, I, I, I've always been convinced if you had dropped the signs off of places, people could see the truth. I believe that. I believe if, if, you, if you could remove the signs off of places that people could hear the truth. Just like I believe if you take the D's and the R's off of politicians that people could hear the truth. I believe that. As a matter of fact, I've seen those men on the street interviews prove that. When they didn't know who said it, they agree with it. When they find out who said it, they want to, they want to die. But the fact of the matter is, is there's not one time, not one time in the entirety of the Word of God, not one time, whenever any writer from beginning to end addresses someone as brother that they're not in the covenant. So why would James write in his general epistle uh, when, that, when sin, that when lust is conceived, it brings forth sin, and when sin, when it is fully grown, it brings forth spiritual death, and in the next sentence, the next breath says, do not be deceived, my beloved brother. The reason is, is because you could be. And you will be. Mm, it gets quiet. Even in, even in this church, it gets quiet. I'm not going to make any comment. I'm just going to let... You know, the Word of God, I heard it said one time, you've heard it. I, I, the Word of God is like, uh, is like the, the lion caged up at, at the circus when all the kids are coming by and, 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 and stirring it up and prodding it and, 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 and agitating it. It says, somebody get over there and defend that lion. They're driving him crazy. That's just open the cage and let the lion out. It, it needs no defense. You understand? The lion needs no defense. Just open the cage and let it out. I believe the word of God is the same way. It needs no defense. Just open, just open the cage and let it out. It'll defend itself. Mm. Am I still Okay. I think we have to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 in light of what we just said. I think we have to. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 
Can I read quick? First Corinthians chapter 10. Moreover, brethren, who's he talking to? Who's he talking to? I would not have you, I would not that you should be, oh, ignorant. Means to not know. I would not, I, brethren, I would have you not to be ignorant. I would not have you not know this. How that all of our fathers were under the cloud and they all passed through the sea. How many of them were under the cloud? How many of them? How many of them were passed through the sea? What's he talking about? He's talking about the Exodus. He's talking about whenever the children of Israel, the children of God, were, re, were, were, were delivered from Egyptian bondage. Do I need to explain Old Testament typology or does everybody understand that, Egypt, that Egyptian bondage was the, was the type of sin? Always Pharaoh was the type of the enemy. Moses was the deliverer. Says, he even said that there's going to be a deliverer born. Yes? yes. Called him Moses. You with me? That's real quick. Said, so they said, I don't have you ignorant, my brethren, how that all of our fathers, all of them, were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized to Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Said, oh, you didn't know people were baptized? It's not talking about dunking them there any more than Romans chapter 6 is talking about baptizing someone into Christ in the water. And they were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink for they drank the, spir uh, the spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. But with many of them, God was not well pleased for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Uh-oh. Now they all, how many of them came out into the cloud? How many of them passed through the sea? Any idea what it's talking about? When, when anywhere it's talking about under the cloud? The cloud in the wilderness was the, was the Holy Spirit. The fire by night was the Holy Spirit. It's, it was the Holy Spirit that led. How many of them were under the cloud? All of them. They were children of the covenant. All of them. Hmm. But with many of them, God was not pleased for, in verse 5, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. It literally means overthrown. That's King James language. It means they were all destroyed in the wilderness. Now these things were, uh-oh. You say, that don't have anything to do with me. I can hear you right now. I can hear, you, I can hear your, your denominational religious wheels turning. Look at me. I can hear them turning right now. Because right now somebody's saying, oh, I don't believe in all that typology stuff. I don't believe, that's Old Testament. That's Old Testament. That's Old, that's Old Testament. I don't believe in all that. Y'all went and got quiet. Stop it. That's what you're thinking. Oh, I've heard it. I've heard it. I mean, I, one of the most famous ministers in the... Ministers. I won't put that in quotes. Ministers. Uh, uh, false prophet would be better. One of the biggest false prophets in the world in the United States. He happens to be based in Georgia. And his daddy was a great preacher, and he's not. That's all I'm going to say about that. 
as he, and he's come out with his 20 million Twitter followers and said that really the whole word is just some of the words of God. It's really not all the word of God and there's no need for the Old Testament in the church today. But he forgot about what we was teaching Sunday, that all Scripture is inspired, is profitable for doctrine. All, how much of it? All. Back up to four and five for me, Brandon. And did all drink the same drink, for they all, and they drank of the spirit, same spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ Jesus. Can I, can I stop there a second, too? He's literally talking about the rock that Moses struck. But the water flowed. So it says right here that the rock was Christ. So what do you suppose the flow was? Oh, it was again the flow of the Holy Spirit. Whoa. By the way, do you know what Moses got, got in trouble for the second time when he hit it instead of spoke to it? You know, y'all remember that part? Or my information overloading you right now? Y'all remember that the first time when they needed water, God says, strike the rock. And when he struck the rock, it, the water flowed from the rock. By the way, it wasn't a little stream like on the Charlton Heston movie that it, that it fed, the, it fed three, it, it gave water to three, three million people, possibly more than that, and the livestock. And, it, and, it, and so it was a perpetual flow. It says it followed them in the wilderness. And it says when they needed water again, remember, it says God said, speak to the rock. And Moses struck the rock again, and it made God so mad that he says, you can't go into the promised land. Well, there was disobedience there, and that was a big deal. But literally, see, the rock was Christ Jesus, and the Bible says that he was struck once and for all. That, he, that, 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 this, that, this, that this topology of the rock that was smitten, Jesus is the rock. It says he is the rock in the weary land. It says when, I, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock. It says the rock was Christ Jesus. It said Moses, see, he was struck once, and Moses struck him twice. It kindled God's anger. He, he crucified the Son afresh. He did it again. The rock was Christ Jesus, but upon many of them, God was not pleased, for they were overthrown or destroyed in the wilderness. Oh, that doesn't all matter, J.R., you're just making that up. Oh, verse 6 says, now these were our example. To the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lust, neither be you adulterers as some of them. For it is written, some people sat down to eat and drink and rose to play. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ. Some of, some of them also tempted and were destroyed of the serpents. And when, the, when you read, go look at the language. I'm not making it up. Go look it up yourself. And you can use, anybody, you can use anybody's Bible dictionary you want to. You can use a, a Pentecostal Bible dictionary. You can use a Baptist uh, Bible dictionary. You can use a Methodist. You can even use a Catholic Bible dictionary. And it's going to tell you when it was talking about, it says when they were destroyed in the wilderness, it's, it's going to tell you that it was an eternal destruction. It wasn't merely that they died. Neither murmur you as some of them murmured and were destroyed. Oh, now this, now that you got to read this. I'm going to let you read it. 
Because it's going to, because, because if you doubted what I said just a second ago, that the, when it says they were destroyed, they were destroyed eternally, now you're going to have to deal, if you're going to doubt that, now you've got to deal with what he's saying now. And they were destroyed of the destroyer. Hmm. I don't, now it doesn't take a PhD in anything to know who the destroyer is. Verse 11, let me see it, Brandon. Now, all these things happen to them for examples. And they are written for our admonition on whom the ends of the world are come. Why let him that thinks he stand take heed? lest they fall. Hmm. I pause on purpose. Because you see, I have no commentary. I'm just reading the scripture. There is no temptation taking you with such as common to a man. That'll deal with our modern excuses every time. Oh, we got you. It just, you just didn't go through the things I'm going through. Now, I'm going to tell you, there's some things going on that I've never seen personally in my life, but the, 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 there's some things I know the Word says, and one, that there's nothing new under the sun. Okay? Two, it says that, 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 there's, that there's nothing, that there's, that there's no temptation taken that such as, but such as common to a man. But God is faithful. Somebody needs to hear me tonight. But God is faithful. Somebody needs to hear me again tonight. But God is faithful. When, you're, when an enemy's trying to destroy you, he's throwing everything he can at you. And he's coming at you with things that you can be tempted with. Without the blood of Jesus, you are going to fail in the temptation. Let me say it to this side. Without the blood of Jesus, you are, will, every time, fail in the temptation. Because we need a Savior, a Redeemer. If we could overcome sin, then Jesus didn't have to die. This is, this, is, this is literally right here, Bible 101. It is, it is New Testament Bible 101. If you could overcome sin, if you could stop sinning, if you could stop giving in to the temptation that are, that's common to you, the thing that's drawing you away by your own proclivities, by your own lust, by the own, your own things that you want. See, he's not going to come after me with your lust, your desires, your temptations, because your temptations don't tempt me. Oh, he may give it a shot. But just like he, he saw in the second look, his second glance, he sees the eh. He's going to come after you with what? With what gets you. And, with no, and without redemption, without salvation, you're no match for it. You will fail. But when you've been born again, Somebody hear me. When you've been born again. Somebody hear me again. 
when you've been born again. It's why Jesus said, how many times do I bring that up? It's why Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. 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 Because it's the, it's the answer to the human problem. And the human problem is sin. Hey, news media. The human problem is sin. Hey, denominational leadership, including mine. The problem, the human problem is sin. It's not poverty. It's not education. Man, I'm, I'm just doing the first works over here because I believe in MAG Church tonight, what is the June 1st, 2022, that not just by live stream, I believe there's people I'm sitting here looking at that this is foundational teaching that you have either rejected or have overlooked. And you're going to have to understand that the, that, that the problem is sin. And I got news for you. My problem is not Adam's sin. And my problem is not your sin. My problem is my sin. It's quiet. I need to multiply that clock a little because this is important. Until the church comes back. You... Don't even wonder about the miracle signs and wonders until the church comes back to the acknowledgement that the problem is sin. And the only solution is the right party in office and the Congress to pass the right laws. Ichabod. The problem is sin. And the solution is a Savior. The problem is sin. And the solution is a Savior. For there is no temptation taken you but such is common to a man but God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted it means he will not allow you to be tempted above what you are able able is dunamis it, it literally means he will not he will not allow you to be tempted above what you have the power not we're talking, this is redeemed this is redeemed you don't have the power without him hello but will with the temptation also make a way of escape. That you. Have you ever noticed the subject of James on temptation and sin was you? It was your, your own lust. The answer was still concerning you. 
says that he will not suffer you to be tempted above what you are able, what you have the power, but will, with every temptation, with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. This is where we've got to return. Me, you, the church. America, Israel, the world. We have to repent. Paul said to the brilliant minds of his day on Mars Hill. First of all, he said, I perceive that you're all too superstitious. So I even came across an altar to the unknown God. And he said, I came to tell you, it was the, it was the great minds of Greece. He said, it's God's will that all men everywhere should repent. It's the answer. Another law is not going to change it. Another election's not going to solve it. Another denomination won't change a thing. Another pill won't fix it. Another drink. Another hit. Another low rent one night rendezvous. It's him. It's him. Do not be deceived. Do not err in this, my brethren. You got to deal with you. You know, if I can end, I, I, I'm, I'm wrapping it. I've laid out a lot of things tonight. In just a couple verses, I laid out a lot of things tonight. No doubt there's people all over the room chewing on things. Some, some of you may be mad. Some of you may be challenged. I'm going to tell you, I'm always challenged by the Word of God. Now, I, I, I want to address a thing or two. Because, see, I was raised in this thing right here, A.G., And I appreciate it. Appreciate my background. Appreciate my upbringing. But there was a lady that got a hold of me about 30 years ago and started teaching me the Word of God. I was raised in a Christian home. My mom certainly put me in the place to learn the Word. Don't hear me wrong. I had, but I had, I had a, 
I had a specific person that got a hold of me and began to teach me the Word of God. And when she began to teach me the Word of God, one of the th first things she began to drill into me is to learn to read the Word for what it says. Learn to read. It says, it says if the, what the Word of God if it challenges what you've always been taught, if it, if it, she would say, if, 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 if the word challenges Springfield, in the Assemblies of God, that's Mecca. That's, that's home base, Springfield, Missouri. He said, if the word of God challenges Springfield, the word of God's right. And I would say that of anybody. And I'm, so I'm going to tell you, the, the, the word of God challenges me. Because I'm not, I'm, not I'm not a denominational parrot, and I never will be. I'm not a puppet or a parrot. What does the Word of God say? And when I, when I, I can instance after instance, just read the Word of God, and it will tell you, do not be deceived, and you're going to have to deal with yourself. Because the Spirit will deal with you if you allow Him. And when the Spirit deals with you, then you've got, to, you've got a decision to make. And frankly, most of the time today, among churched, churched people, I'm going to tell you, non-churched people in, in, in ways of teaching are a thousand times easier than churched people. Behaviorally, they're, they're, they're a handful educationally they're a thousand times easier because when you deal with churched people you have to deal with all the things that grandma told them and headquarters told them and everything else and instead of just bringing instead of just walking up to the word and seeing it but if you'll do it if you will allow the word to speak for itself, you will come to the place where you will see when you, uh, Sam, I like what you said. I open the word, I see truth. You will come to the place where you open the word and you, you won't see what headquarters says or what mamma said. You will see truth. I'm not bashing mamma. <laughs> I'm just telling you where our source is. I'm telling you what will get you to heaven. That's my concern. Church, please hear me. Your religious traditions are not going to get you to heaven. And in fact, if you're going to defend your religious traditions over the word of God, you're going to lose your kids. You're going to lose every, any influence because, because religion doesn't bring the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. Religion will make a way will make will make a different way for your sin. Religion will cause you to make excuses for what the word of God says. Yeah, but and I'm gonna remind you, I haven't said it in a long time. Sheeps follow and goats butt. Sheep follow and goats butt. Now the word of God says, Yeah, I know, yeah, but. Sheep follow. Goats butt. 
but they told me that I, but they told me that didn't, but they told me that wasn't for them. Forever, O oh Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. I love that. No revised editions, no reprints, no retractions. It's settled. And here's one that, that you, you know, you, you, you learned this one as a kid in Sunday school, and I said it last week, but I'm going to tell you again. This is what the word, if, you, if the word will speak to you, this is what it will do. Because David said, thy word is a lamp unto my feet. And I've told you what that means before. It'll show you where you're at. And a lamp into, and a, and a, it's a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. It'll show me where it's at. It'll show me where I'm going. It's a lamp into my feet. It's a light into my path. But I want you to think about what I just said and, and put it on you again. The Word speaks for itself and it says your Word is a lamp into my feet. It'll show you where you're at. You're either on the way or you're not. And if you're not, it'll tell, you how to, it'll tell you you're off and how to get back. And if you are, it'll show you the way to go. And you should let the Word and the Spirit through His Word speak and show you where you're at above the preacher, above family, above denomination, above all of it. The Bible speaks. And it's truth another thing. Thy word is truth. Father, I thank you tonight for the teacher. Lord, I thank you tonight for your word. Lord, I thank you tonight that it speaks clearly, speaks loudly. But even beyond the words and my feeble attempts to convey it, that the teacher, the spirit of truth that comes to guide us into all truth will illuminate your word. It will break through religious barriers. It will bring down religious strongholds. It'll bring home the, it'll bring, break, break down the prisons of our mind and just speak truth. Your word is the answer for deception. Your word is the answer for the things that get us off track. Your word is the answer. You are the answer. Jesus is the answer. Lord, in a troubled world, stand with me all over this place. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, in a troubled world today, Lord, across this building, we come together in unity to lift up this nation, to lift up our situation, to lift up our families. Lord, against the onslaught of hell that's broken loose in families and in, in, in local municipalities in this nation all over the world, Lord, I pray tonight that, the, that you would bring a fresh revival of truth to this world. Lord, that, that there would begin to be men and women of God all over this world that would begin to stand up with backbone and thunder the Word of God all over this nation, all around this globe. Lord, it's the only thing that's going to change. You are the only thing that's going to turn our situation around. You are the only answer that's going to make any difference. It is, it is only you that is going to expose the lie and the filth and the depravity and, and, and the, and the, the reprobate garbage that's being spewed by the media and all over this country. Lord, I, I call on you to break through in our, our church.
in our families, in our kids, in our spouses, in our Sunday school classes, in our services. Lord, it's me, oh Lord. It's me. It's me standing in the need of prayer. Lord, break my bondages. Break my strongholds. Break my temptations. Lord, empower me. Lord, wash me. Cleanse me. Guide me. Strengthen me. Lord, I pray that you open the eyes of our heart. That you would bring your people where you would rend our hearts and not our garments. <laughs> God, that instead of a, a flash and dash and entertainment, that there would be weeping again between the porch and the altar. <laughs> God, help us. Help us. Help us be someone that will one more time stand between the living and the dead tonight. I don't have any time or want for playing church and tickling ears. God, pour your spirit out. I pray. It's the only thing that's going to turn the heart of the children back to the heart of the fathers. A repentant church and a repentant people and an outpouring of the Spirit of God again is the only thing that's going to break the bondage of the back of, of rebellion in this generation. And until we acknowledge it and until we begin to practice it, until we begin to proclaim it, until until there, until the church rises up to be, uh, we're gonna. If I have to do it alone, this I'll be the church. You're the church. If I have to do it alone, I'm gonna change my world, and it won't be. It won't be. It, it'll be not by might, not by power but by the Spirit, says the Lord. It's still the way. In Jesus' name, amen.